You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. We're in a season where we're talking about what does it mean to be in adolescence. We've grown, we've been a baby church for a little while, but we were growing into adolescence. And one of the things that we've said, well, in adolescence, we learn discipline. And that's such a heavy word in the Christian language, but specifically we're called, Jesus calls us to make disciples, right? And so the journey that we're on in growing in Christ is simply the journey of discipleship, okay? And I wanna talk a little bit about that today, the journey of discipleship. It's why we're bringing the conference here because it's, we want it to boost us along on this journey of discipleship. And discipleship is just growing to be like Jesus in our hearts, internally, having the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit existing, but then also growing and manifesting the power and the authority of Christ into the world and building his kingdom. So we are feeling more like Jesus, we're acting more like Jesus, and we are bringing the kingdom of God. That's what a disciple is, someone who follows Jesus. I read this, I didn't read this video. I watched this video this week, and it began to challenge me on the paradigm of how we normally think of discipleship and how we might ought to think of discipleship or in addition to our normal models. Our normal models of discipleship are kind of like, I need to be fed. I come to church to be fed so that I grow as a disciple. I go to Bible studies to be fed so that I grow in my knowledge and understanding. And even I come to worship services, extended worship services or the conference to go to be fed, to grow my experience, my knowledge of God, to become more like Jesus. And I just wonder if there might be more to the story. And I read this, I read, said it again, I watched this video that came through. Um, it's uh, N.T. Wright speaking at a national worship conference. And it just, to me, paints a great picture of what discipleship is. And so we're gonna show the video now, and then I'll begin to teach. Some of the great, exciting psalms are psalms like 96 and 98, which say, sing to the Lord a new song because he's done wonderful things, or sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. And those invocations to sing to the Lord a new song in the psalms and in Isaiah are routinely um, involved with the celebration of new creation. We sing a new song because God is doing new things. And the new things that God is doing in the Psalms and in Isaiah and elsewhere, and then particularly in the New Testament in Romans or Revelation or whatever, these are all about new creation. And the thing about new creation, and we, again we need to live within the story to understand this, new creation begins really when Jesus comes out of the tomb on Easter morning but the whole New Testament says that that's the beginning of something which will come to its final fruition when God rescues the whole of creation from its corruption to decay and enables it to be free with the freedom of the of the glory of the children of God and so the new songs are songs which are about that new reality whether it's the ancient songs from the Psalter or indeed new ones that we might sing today and so the newness is not mere novelty the newness is because we are constantly to be surprised at the extraordinary new creation that began at Easter and will be completed when God made makes new heavens and new earth. And so the new songs are not just, whether in the Psalms or today, are not just, oh well, let's have a new one then because we're a bit bored with the old ones. That's not the point. It's that God wants us constantly to be 
co-creators with him. It's one of the amazing things about being human, that we are designed to be people who, through our imagination, through the work of art and music and, and all the different arts, we can be people who can reach out and glimpse and grasp and then sing and pray new creation. And here's the thing, we're not only celebrating then what God is going to do, we're actually having a tiny little part in that ourselves, as though God is going to write this amazing new symphony and he's actually wanting us to improvise a few little bits which he will work into the script as he goes along. And so our new songs are both reminding us about the new thing that God has done in Jesus and will do, and are also in a very strange way enabling us by singing and praying those new songs to share in that new reality, not just to glimpse it, but to be part of it. Holy Spirit, we pray that you come now, that we would freaking believe this to be true, that we would believe that you would use us to create, that you would use us to bring your story in real ways, in ways that the earth has never seen it, to life. Help us to believe that truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. We don't believe this, because if we did, we would act differently. When I heard this, it was like shocking to me. It was like a part of my heart, my eyes, my life was opened up, being reminded of the unique role that I play, the unique role that we play. And I immediately thought, well, this has to be the journey of discipleship. And how does this fit into it together? The idea that we sing a new song because God is doing new things. The expectation then is that God is doing new things every day, right? He is the creator, he would be bored if he had to do something the same one more second, much more, much less one more day. Yet many of us feel like we are stuck in the same rut again and again and again. But it's not because God is not singing a new song. It's because we don't believe that we're part of the new creation. What if discipleship, I mean, what if this is true, that God is the creator, that he is, that he is creating a symphony for the world to hear that sings of his power, his beauty, his glory, all the things that we sing about today. We said, Jesus, I sing for all that you have done in me. That's what we're talking about. Could this be true, that God is the creator and he has written this masterpiece and that we all play unique instruments that make this song beautiful? And that there is a part of the song that he has written specifically for you. That when your part is left out, the song does not sound as it was created, as the creator has created it to be sung. And the world misses out. We miss out. What if that's the journey of discipleship? The journey of waking up every day expectant. The Lord is going to sing a new creation. He's going to do something new in me today. And my response to that is to sing a new song. What if that's true? How would we, we would, we would wake up like, all right, here I go. Come on, bring it. I want it. You see, here's the thing is we want the new song, don't we? We want our lives to change. We want to be a part of the creating process with God. Or the, the singing process with God, the outward expression with God, but it begins in believing and expecting and experiencing and growing in our knowledge every day of what he's doing and who he is. There can't be a new song without a new creation here. Let me say that again. You can't sing a new song. You can't 
become who God's created you to be unless you're experiencing a new creation every day here in your heart, in your life, manifested into the world. You see, I think if this is true, and I think it is true, that on Easter when Jesus rose, things changed forever. It was the beginning of God singing this song in and through his people that death has been defeated once and for all, that all things are made new, and that one day we will celebrate when that culminates in his return as the king, and there will be no more pain and suffering. There will be no more blindness. There will be no more deafness. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more death or dying. But until then, the world needs hope. We need hope. And Jesus is saying, I am it. I have risen And I desire every day to rise in you as the new creation in your life. And then discipleship is just, that's the front end of discipleship. And then what we sing, the song we sing to the world is the back end. You see, I see the journey of discipleship as the journey of you singing the song of what God is doing in your life, period, in a story. If there's not crap happening in your life, then keep your pie hole shut. If there's not, if you're not spending time with God, don't keep telling us about what God has done. The world is hungry for what God is doing. The world needs its hope restored because of what God is going to do. People are dying emotionally, physically, and spiritually. They're hurting. People here today are hurting. If we're not singing the new creation song, restoring their hope and the newness of who Christ is and the promise that he has become, then who will? What God is doing in your life is different than what God is doing in everybody else's life. What God's doing in your life is different. The part, the piece of music, the stanza, the bar that he has written in his symphony for you to play, for you to sing, no one else is going to sing. It says that before the creation of the world, he has given good works for Glenn to do, good works for Sarah to do, good works for Laura, for Danny. For Madison to do, God has given good works, prepared good works before the creation of the world that make him beautiful, that make him amazing, that reflect who he is to the world in a way that no one else can. And when we stop waking every day, coming to him to create something new within us, the world lacks what it needs to hear and his beauty, and his glory to be restored into the creation that it was created to be. We're going to look at three of these psalms. There's lots of stuff in the Bible about singing this new song. We're just going to take a quick look at three different songs that I, take, that I think talk about the specifics of this journey of discipleship that we're called into and seeing God's new song. The first one is Psalm 33, 1 to 5. I'm not, I'm not angry, I promise. I'm super excited. Sorry about the pie hole comment, if that offended you. I didn't mean to. I promise that wasn't written in my notes. And it probably wasn't the spirit. All right. Psalm 33, 1 to 5. Shout for joy in the Lord. Oh, you're right- oh, oh you righteous. Oh, you righteous. I can't, the pole's in the way. I'm like, okay. Okay, oh, you righteous. Um, praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make a melody to him, the harp of ten strings. Here it is, verse three. Sing to him a new song, playing skillfully 
on the strings with loud shouts. I'm going to unpack that. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves, the right, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of steadfast love of the Lord. Play skillfully with loud shouts. Here's the first thing. Waking up, experiencing new creation in your life, takes discipline. Playing skillfully takes discipline. It takes waking up and making a choice to participate with God in the forms and the functions and the opportunities he gives us to grow into the creation he's created to grow into. So it, it, it means that we wake up and we go into his word that he's given us, that is upright, that is perfect, to hear what, it, what he has for us today. We go and engage in him with worship, or we go and engage in him with prayer. We go and engage in him with service. But we practice the disciplines of the Spirit purposefully because we need to become skilled if we are going to hear the story that God has for us to hear. If we go sing a new creation and we ball up into a ball in our room, we never engage with the Lord. So discipline is critical in this. It's important in this. And hearing the new creation, becoming the new creation that God desires for us and experiencing him requires discipline. Reading and studying and meditating on the word, etc., etc. But some of us say, well, I, I, you know, I'm just kind of going to be led by the spirit, right? I'm just going to kind of, you know, I don't need to engage in the word every day. I'm just going to kind of wake up and what the Spirit says, I'm going to do. What if a musician, you put a musician in a band, right? And he never practiced. He got his guitar out. He comes up there. He's like, man, with the best intention, the desire to be led. He's like, I'm just going to rip into a baby. And he's like, what would happen? It would be a, it would be a howler, wouldn't it? It would be horrible. Why? Because they haven't skillfully practiced the disciplines necessary to contribute to the music that's being played. Well, that's what happens with a lot of us as charismatics. On one side of the spectrum, we say, I'm just going to wake up and be led by the Spirit. What God says to do, I'm going to do. And we never practice the disciplines. And so what happens is God calls us, creates opportunity, and we, 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 we don't know what we're doing. What, what allows a skillful musician to spontaneously add to a song that's being sung is their skill, is the hours and hours and hours of practice of disciplining themselves in private to contribute to the song that's being sung, even though it's not written down. The same is true for us. If we want to really be powerfully live lives that are led by the Spirit, we too have to become skillful in the things of the Spirit, disciplined in our life. Like I was talking about, steadfast in our love for God. Every day, waking, spending time in the word or in prayer or in worship, creating opportunities. So when the opportunity arises, what can we do? There are bursts of shouts to the Lord. I love that he practices skillfully and with shouts to the Lord. Shouts aren't planned. Shouts are spontaneous. And so in this song that God's created for us to participate in, there is a role for us to play that only comes to fruition as we are engaging in the disciplines of the Spirit, learning how to skillfully play as instruments that he's created, the song that he's given us, but at the same time, we're being led by the Spirit. And there are shouts, there are bursts, there are things that happen we haven't planned for that add to the beauty and the power and the glory of God. It's both and, not either or. So the journey of discipleship, of singing God's song, it does require discipline. Us turning to Jesus, 
the Holy Spirit and the Father. But as we experience him in our life, the expectation is that the Spirit will lead us. Grounded in the word, empowered by the Spirit in our life. Second, number two, Psalm 40, verse 1 to 3. How many YouTube fans? Wait patiently for the Lord. Turn her my cry. I love that song. Sung in Young Life for years. Should have. I was gonna kind of have a guitar up here and sing through parts of this as my new song, but I decided to, because I haven't practiced skillfully. <laughs> I should have practiced <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my foot upon a rock, making my, step, my, my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and many will fear and put their trust in the Lord. Point number two, or passage number two. He put the song in my mouth. God does the work. He's the creator. We are the instrument. He's the one who's making the noise in our life. He's the source of all beauty, of all power. It's not from our discipline. It comes from him. Under his power, he does it, not us. We participate, like N.T. Wright said, we co-labor with God, but this is his story. This is his canvas. This is his song. We are only to respond and be led and to glorify him. But it's him who does it. He is the one who does it. He puts a song in our mouth. Now, what's the result of this? Many are going to see the new creation that he's done in you. Many are going to hear the song. And what happens? The response is they put their trust in you. No. Why would they put their trust in you? It's his song. He's the one who's beautiful. He's the one who's loving. He's the one who's awesome. No, they put their trust in Jesus. One of the signs of being a disciple is that you're leading people to Jesus. You're pointing people to the Father. You're bringing people into experiences of the Spirit. It's the natural process of discipleship. Not being fed. Being fed is not the goal of discipleship. It's a means to bring other people to be fed. Right? So it's not. It can't be. Our model for discipleship can't be going to church, going to Bible studies, going to prayer groups. That cannot be. That is an end to the means or the means to the end. The end is people Come, see, hear, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, I'm coming for you. Why? Because of the new creation that God is singing in and through you. I love that. Thank you for the pressure being off me and on God. Discipleship leads to making disciples. Quit complaining or looking for someone to feed you. If you want to be fed, go to Jesus. He's the bread of life. If you were thirsty, go to Jesus. He's the wellspring of life. If you were dead, go to Jesus. He's the resurrection of life. Point three, Psalm 96. I love this one. We've sung this. We've written songs about this. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. To the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Forget, for, for great, forget the Lord. For great is the Lord and greatly to be, pra- to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Look at what it says in the middle of that. From day to day, not week to week. Not from Sunday to Sunday. Not from Bible study to Bible study. 
How can you sing of God's new creation every day? If God's creating every day, his desire is from day to day, how can you show up on Sunday and then not spend any time with God or on a Bible study during the week and not spend any time with God after that? If those are our only sources for experiencing God, then he can't sing his new song in you from day to day. We have to go to him today if we want a new creation today, if we want to sing a new song today. today. One of you is paying attention. Thank you. (laughs) Every day, waking every day. What if as believers, we believe that this is what discipleship looks like. Waking tomorrow morning with expectation that the Lord is going to do a new thing in me and not giving up until we find it. Not persisting, pushing on, going and going after the Lord until he feeds our heart with the song that he desires for us to sing today. And every day is different, again, because God is the creator. He, does, he gets bored quick. He's always creating, always creating, always creating. Seeking the song, not the discipline. Seeking the work of God in our life every day through the leading of the Spirit leads to us hearing and receiving the song he has for us. And again, every day is different. What if discipleship looks less like you being fed and taught by others and more like you daily coming to the Lord and allowing Jesus to teach you allowing the Spirit to lead you and grow you as a disciple, and then feeding others, just singing that song, just talking to others about what God is doing in your life. Does that mean that I'm saying, don't go to church, don't do Bible studies, don't be in discipleship groups, don't do prayer groups? No, we have to do those things. Those are like booths in the middle of the week. We're called into fellowship. Jesus did that with the disciples. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is that model has derailed us from the daily exercise of seeking the Lord to pour out a new creation in us and singing that song to the world. And we've begun to look at discipleship as something that is consumeristic. It's about me. Feed me. No. Jesus doesn't say that anywhere. He says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. No greater love is this than you lay down your life for your brother. The journey of discipleship begins in God creating something new in us, us singing about it, people hearing it, and then being drawn to the Father. That's how disciples are made. And it's often, we miss it because it's not the song or the part we want to play, isn't it? I want to be healed, but God doesn't heal me, so I'm not going to sing. You know, when I heard, uh, I watched this video, um, I watched this video and I wrote a song after it. And I thought, well, hey, God's singing a new song, <laughs> I'm going to write a song down. And so I wrote a song down. And I wasn't feeling especially spiritual. All it said was, I'm a new creation. I'll sing a song of what he has done in me today. A new story told. He has washed away the old. So I sing to my Savior a new song. And I thought, man, that's awesome, Lord. Whatever. We're never going to sing that in church. But that's the song you put on my heart. So I wrote it down. That's the song you were singing at the time. It wasn't necessarily super spiritual or anything. And then I went to have my, spend time with the Lord in the Word. And I'm in Proverbs. I'm like, Lord, why are Proverbs? Why are they? They're so painful. It's like rules. It makes me feel how unwise I am. 
like, I'm so unwise. I read about it, it's like, I'm such a bad dad, such a bad husband, I'm such a bad everything. I read the Proverbs, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, Lord, bring life to this for me. And so I read through the Proverbs. I'm reading through Proverbs 12 at the time. And I came across, a little earlier, I said, Proverbs are so hard to read, hard to look forward to. Breathe new life into them. Open my eyes to see your beauty in them. Proverbs 12, 25, I got to, and it says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Today, Lord, sing a new song in my, sing a new song of a good word in my heart. You know, the reality is, is that we hit hard spots in our life. I've been in a difficult spot. 18-year-old going to college, you know, coming back after sabbatical, still feeling tired and working hard. All the things that we could deal with, we can relate to, pressures in family, pressures in work, whatever. And the song that God has been singing in, the, in my heart has not been the song that I would choose, but it's still his song. There's still hope in it. I'm still called to sing it. I'm still called to be authentic in who God's created me to be. Practicing diligently, leaving room for the Spirit, always expecting him to move. You know, I hijacked the service a little bit today because a song that he put on our heart yesterday as elders, we were gathering, we prayed for someone who, wasn't, who, who, was, who was struggling, they needed physical healing. And in the middle of prayer, you know, the Lord put this song on my heart, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. And so I just broke into song in the middle of prayer. The elders broke into song with me in the middle of prayer. We come in this morning and, the, um, and we sing that song. And I'm like, this person's going to get healed. This is the song that God's singing. And, um, and th- but they weren't here yet. And so they missed the song. So I'm like, oh, we're singing that. I don't know how, but we're going to sing that song again. So the Lord put it on my heart, right? You know, and they came in later, and we did what we did, and we, re- we responded with strength will rise. And they weren't healed. And I'm like crying out, Lord, why aren't you singing the song I want you to sing? Desperate for this person to be healed, that I love, I care about, wanting them to experience the life and the freedom, the resurrection, all the things that people spoke into, them experiencing the, the life and the hope that Christ offers us. And I don't know why they're not being healed. I have no idea. But I just feel like God's saying to me, just sing my song, Antley. It's about me. It's about my song. Will you sing the song that I'm singing in your life? People will hear it. And they'll come to me. Some of the most powerful moments for me are RCC because I know many of your stories. Or when I look around and I see married couples who are struggling with fidelity issues or betrayal, singing of a God who is faithful. I look around and I see people who have lost their father singing to their father in heaven in his beauty and love. I look around and see teenagers who I know are struggling with identity issues, worshiping with all their heart, trying to find their identity in Christ. I look around with people who haven't been healed, singing to Jesus, the healer. It's powerful. It's powerful. It gives me hope, and it brings me to Jesus. It disciples me. It grows me in the song that he's using me to sing. As you leave today, I would challenge you to wake tomorrow, expecting God to sing a new song to you, believing regardless of what you've been through, what you're going through, of who you are, that this is true, that God has created you and is creating every day in you 
a new song, a new creation, a new thing. He wants to do a new thing tomorrow, different from what he's doing today. The response is ours. Do we want, and it's not like he's wringing his hands, like, oh, where's the piccolo player in level one? I need them over for my song. No, there's no guilt, there's no shame. It's an invitation. Take your seat and join in the beautiful song that I'm singing. There's no guilt, there's no shame, but the invitation is tomorrow when you wake up, will you believe, will you trust? The Father desires to do a new thing in you tomorrow, something that he's never done. And then when he does it, you'll just talk about it. You don't have to literally sing about it. Chase has gotten into college. Hallelujah. (laughs) The offering at church was huge. Hallelujah. No. You're talking to people. You're being real. You're being honest about what God is doing. That's the journey of discipleship. That's the journey that God calls us on. It doesn't matter if you're in a struggling marriage, if you're going through a divorce. It doesn't matter if you're not being healed. You are being healed. It doesn't matter if you're struggling with addiction. It doesn't matter if any of those things we talk about today, if you feel hopeless. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, do you believe that the creator is singing your song, wants you to join in with him and sing it to the world? Let's stand. Went a little long. Sorry about that. We have your children, but we want to have ministry. We want to have ministry right now. We want to create space for you to receive, for you to create opportunity to begin to hear and be the creation that God has called you to be, to be set free, to be restored, to ask God, Lord, what is the new thing you want to sing in me today? I want to tell people about that. I want to grow in my discipleship. I want to sing to the world a new song so that people would come to you. So why don't we come forward if we'd like to receive prayer for any of those things or for any other thing that's going on in your life, a prayer for healing. We'd love to pray for you. If our prayer ministers come forward, that'd be great as well. And we're just going to create room for God to speak to us, to minister to our hearts.